If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach, with your people, and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV, good to be with you. Appreciate you joining us on a glorious Monday. A lot of football to be played. Deep breaths, everybody. A lot of football to be played. Very intriguing set of uh, a couple weeks here. We thought it would be intriguing going in this three-game stretch. I thought I did think that if you were going to have a special season, a truly special season, you were going to need to win this past Saturday. So the truly special season seems to be off the board now. That's all right. Still have a good season. And I think if you're going to have a really good season, you got to win one of these next two. I'm not real sure that's likely. So we may have gone from an opportunity at a special season to having a really good season to a good season to, okay, can we, can we, let's make sure we get to a bowl. And, and, and you don't want to keep dropping right now. You're just readjusting kind of the sight line there of what you think is possible. Well, they didn't handle the pressure of having the target on their back a little bit this weekend as well as we had hoped, and the coaching staff has communicated that from last week's practices. That was a first guess where Mike was perturbed. I wonder why, though, Tom. I can never figure that out. I don't know what that is, really. I mean, quantify that for me. They had practices in which they were nervous about the upcoming game. I don't know that I buy that. I understand what you're saying, but I don't know that I think that any guy went out to practice and didn't practice well because they were worried about the importance of this game. No, I just think it's a foreign feeling that you're ranked. I mean, for all these guys that have been here, one way or the other, as transfers or three yeah, or four year players. Losing, yeah, right. This, what is this? Uh, maybe yeah. we are as good. You know, I, I just the human nature I think creeps in a little bit. 
But now they don't have to worry about that one bit on this. No, road they got trip. humbled. They got humbled, and now they're underdogs. And so maybe they like the role a little bit more because they're comfortable being underdogs. You're right; it's possible. Uh, and they played well away from home this year. They have, and I think a lot of teams do, especially those that are building back up to something. Because when you're on the road, you only have each other. It's a cliche, but it's true. It's all you have. It's the familiarity of the guy next to you and the routines of the team that you can fall back on. The understanding, the communication, the you know, uh, the pattern uh, that you have in place. And I agree with that. Uh, you know, I don't know that that will mean that they go out and win the game. I, I don't know that they'll feel freed more so than they did in this game because they did fight back in this game, and they did come back, and they did have a chance at a pick down a score that if you get it, you may be driving down for the game-tying touchdown. I mean, they, they were in a position. No, they were, and that's to their credit, and that, again, is why it's more frustrating if you look at it that way and say, so it is in you to be able to take it to a team like Wake Forest in a half and dominate the football game for a stretch of what do you sell, what do you call it? Fifteen minutes, yeah, about 15 seventeen minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. So it's in you to do that. But again, I just you know they weren't ready, and or they were rat trapping a little bit in the first half, which is what the coaching staff is telling you across the board in the post game show or the post game press conferences. That man, we pressed a little bit, and that's the difference is they weren't ready for the way it felt in the first half. But then the moment that they're getting kicked in the face, they're saying, "Oh no, no, we're, we're not going to go down that easily." So next time you're in a position where you've got a number next to the name of the football program because you're ranked, maybe you handle it in the first half in a different way. So the game, this is interesting. I gave you a summary. If you missed the start of the show, uh, I'd say let's be on time next time. Secondly, uh, if you missed the start of the show, go back and I gave you a 10-minute uh, soliloquy on what I thought happened in every facet. There would have been a lot of slides if it was a PowerPoint presentation. So, so, but, but what I will do here is touch on something I left out during that discussion, Tom, which was that I thought the game was in essence lost in the in the first ten minutes because if you look at Florida State's drive chart, it's six plays, eighty-three yards, and a touchdown to start the game. So you handled the nerves just fine to start the game. You go right down the field and score on their ass. And you've got an opportunity because you get them off the field after they commit the stupid penalty, which we couldn't have known was going to be the last of their dumb penalties. And meanwhile, we were going to commit 11 for over 100 yards. That said... The last of their called penalties. Well, yeah. right. But, that, but but we actually made it really easy on the officials with some of the delay of games, false starts, nonsense that put us further behind the chains time and again in crucial situations. All right. So you go six plays, 83 yards. Wake has to punt. After going four and fourth and one, they get the penalty. It's fourth and 11. They're going to punt. You can put this game in a position where it's we're going to play giddy up the rest of the way. All right? You may score fine, but now we know what you're going to do, and you're not going to be as patient with the run game up the gut. And, and then and then also. It wasn't just up. It was around, too. There was some Well, bouncing. they did a lot of running. Yeah. They did a lot of running. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So then there's that. But also at fourteen to nothing with the crowd in that game and where you're feel like if you go down and do that, it's a different game. But they didn't do that, Tom. They went three plays, uh, six yards total, and a punt and yeah. a possession that lasted a minute and thirty nine seconds. Yeah, that's the second down where we missed the block on the right side. I'm it's wide open. You know, I don't want to be Jimbo, but you just want out the gate. Because at that point, yeah. I think it's midfield. At that point, you're right. It's you better score because we're gonna that's what that building would feel like, and it changes everything. 
but it, it wasn't quite. You don't make it, the play. It was at the forty, but I see what you're talking about. Well, yeah, there's it, room to run. Well, I mean, I'm saying you know. though, where he got tackled, there. Yes, it doesn't work, and he punts. That we punt from the forty, and there you go. So there it is. So yeah. three three plays, uh, six yards, a buck thirty nine, punted away. The next time you get the ball, you run five plays for less than thirty yards. You have it for two minutes. You punt it again. The next time you have the ball for one play, and you fumble the damn ball. So that'll hurt your feelings as well. That was for nine seconds, that possession. Yeah, that, that one that you're talking about where you have six plays or whatever it is, that's the Micah Pittman is wide open. There's nobody within a mile of him, and the pressure forces Jordan to flush left and yep. right, and then he can't act, you know, locate the throw. Your You've next. got 40 yards of, of non-out-of-bounds territory yeah. to locate the throw, but you can't because of the pressure. Your next possession is uh, not good either. Not good. That's the fumble in the next one, yeah. In the following possession after that, ain't good. It's four plays, nine yards, buck 58. Thanks for nothing. Putting it away again. Your next position after that, you start to look a little bit better. You drive all the way down the field. Slap you over here, misses a point-blank field goal again. And here we go. So that is, if we're counting at home, a touchdown on the opening drive. Doesn't take any time at all for you to, to do that. And then it's three plays, five plays, one play, four play, 13 plays, empty, 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 empty. Six drives of thanks for nothing. You can't win against an offense and a veteran-laden team like Wake Forest with consecutive empty possessions of six. You That can't happen. Now, it would be nice if after a 13-play, 63-yard drive, your man could make a 29-yard field goal. It would be, have changed all the circumstances of how you defend in the final couple of minutes of that game, too. That is correct, yeah. but he didn't make it, and he hasn't made a lot, and it doesn't appear that he's anywhere closer to making kicks. In fact, his kicks are looking uglier by the second, and I get that Mike has to tell everybody that I believe he'll come around. Well, you have to say that, but none of us do, and that's fine. You don't have to answer to us regarding your faith in the kicker. I think the real answer is, what else do you want me to say, guys? He's the only kicker I have on scholarship here. The walk-on kicker, I see him at practice all the time, meaning I'm playing the role of Mike. He doesn't look much better. No great shakes there, guys. Maybe I'll run him out there for 30-yard field goals because maybe he can hit those. But but right now, I don't have a choice because I can't recruit over this guy into the offseason. So what do you want me to do? I can't go get somebody else. I've got to run this guy out there, which I, I hate that for him, but now it just changes the math. You saw he wouldn't even let him kick an extra point, which I thought was a mistake. I'd have kicked the extra point. He didn't. We ended up making it up with the second two-point conversion and getting it. It was a beautiful play call. But I, you know. I wouldn't waste it in that moment. It was funny. It's we, perfect. We discussed that on the in-game shows. That's a great play. Yeah. Well, Might want to use that on, on fourth and goal from the two against Miami later in the year. Save that one, you know, instead of being down multiple scores here. But I get it. Well. Game's in front of you. You want to win the game that's in front of you. Yeah, and you have to make up for the first time that you didn't get it. And, you know, I would have tried to kick the extra point. If he misses that extra point, then I, yeah, then I I feel you. I guess at that point we really can't trust you him. You think Master Mono's gotten a call yet? I mean, you know, it's eleven thirty last night. And hey, you know, man, why's coach? Can you me? kick? Yeah. Hey, can you can you come out here a little early to practice and try kicking? Um. So with either foot, I mean, really, either one. You when you when you get the opportunity in the third quarter, it's a nice ten play, eighty five yard drive for a touchdown to answer a terrible defensive performance to start the half. Uh, then you have an empty possession where you go minus fifteen yards and kick. Uh, you punt again. Uh, but then you have a seven-play, 58-yard drive for a touchdown, and then, of course, you end the game by missing another field goal, and really the penalty down there that you would have been inside the five, you would have had a chance to really make this interesting, but, you know, it happens. So I just 
I, I think there are a lot of things that are straightforward that have nothing to do with coaching in the loss. I think that you could say, hey, look, man, go back and look at, I think Ira wrote it in his 3-2-1 column on warchant.com. I think he brought up how many games is it, 17 of the last 19 that Wake Forest has scored over 31 points? I mean, they do this. They score. They're a good team. They just scored a gazillion against Clemson. I mean. Right. Yeah, put the shoe on the other foot and say if we had scored 38 and won the football game, you'd be lauding how the defense got it together in the second half. Gave up and, 10 points in the second half. Right. right. 10. And really, if I mean, again, given Wake Forest's offensive success, you could look throughout the conference and you can make a legitimate argument that either Wake Forest's offense or North Carolina's offense are the best two offenses in the league. So it's not the end of the world that you gave up 31 points to Wake Forest. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not enamored with the job that was done, but I also don't think it was dreadful. I do think that physically they've got real problems without a full-strength verse, without a full-strength McClendon, and without a full-strength Fabian Lovett. I mean, that, that's that's a problem. Right, but if in those six empty possessions you score three times... I blame it more on the offense. I'm agreeing right. with you. I, I think that you can blame this offense more uh, than the defense in this game. And I, I'm a little frustrated by that. Specifically, again, if you want to say that both... If you want to say both Mike and Jordan had their B games... I would agree with that assessment. I thought they had their B games on this day. And then I think the offensive line just got physically whipped. And that that I don't know what you do a lot about right now. I mean, we were able to kind of scheme around it at times last year, but I hate when you're having to piece that together like that. It's it's awfully frustrating. But this There's also one situational thing I didn't like at the end of the game, which is if they've got a goal to go inside the two yard line and they're gonna convert, you let them in the end zone. You know, two scores is two scores. And you've got four minutes on the clock instead of under two. I mean, what are we doing? You know, and and we had timeouts at that point. I think we had two of them. So that will be debated forevermore, right? I mean, no, I, I think that one's an easy call though because it's four minutes in college football. I mean, if you go down and you score, and again, it's no, we didn't when we had the ball under two minutes and ended up trying a fifty and a fifty-five yard field goal and it didn't work out for us. But it's just you know what they're trying to do in a way they're not trying to score right there. Wake Forest is. But you might be able to, you know, Entice allow human them. nature to take over yeah, yeah, when they're yeah. at the seven or whatever yard line they were, and they're moving the chains. Let them in at that point, because now they're just going to bleed you dry, and you've got now the game's already lost at that point. I think, but you're giving yourself a better chance for a, a miraculous rally, and we've got to be a little bit better in those moments too, because sometimes they're going to matter in a big way, and we're going to be talking about that first on a Monday. It's just it's probably fifteenth on the list. Your boy Paul Christ is fired at Wisconsin. And uh, we've had some firings lately. It started out at Nebraska, we know. Elsewhere in college football, they fired longtime head coach Paul Christ. 67-26. and 26. But if you were listening last week when I was mentioning my Illinois pick, Tom, against Wisconsin, I thought that Wisconsin looked like a team that doesn't care about playing football. Seen them lately not really have much of a life. Apparently, insiders at Wisconsin thought so, too, because they were like, okay, that's it. We're done here. We just got blown up by Illinois. We're done with you. Thanks for the 10 points again. And they got rid of them. So we'll see the direction they go. And then Colorado has fired Durrell. I don't know. Wisconsin fires a coach every other year. Colorado does. I mean, yeah. what did I say? Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin, Colorado, yeah, Colorado does. I, I don't. If you're Colorado, it's interesting because I never thought in the early 90s I would be looking at Colorado and Nebraska both looking in a coaching search in a season where they may win a grand total of two games between them. 
three games between the two teams, it would be at that time you would have said those are two really good jobs, really good jobs. Man, I I I'll take either the Nebraska or Colorado job. I mean, we're fresh off of national championship games. I mean, these are big games, big jobs, and now. It's like if you're Colorado, would you be overly excited about hiring Matt Campbell from Iowa State? Right. Yeah. I mean, or the special teams coordinator at Georgia, something like that. I mean, if you're <laughs> rumor is Dave Doran will be a big time candidate for Wisconsin. That's the boring brand of football Wisconsin deserves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it wouldn't but be he, the first NC State Wisconsin tie. He, by the way, was their defensive coordinator from 06 to 010, uh, to 2010. So he he. I mean, he has ties to oh, Wisconsin. So he was there for the Graham Gano game. Yeah, he in was in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He was there. Um, I I don't know what you do. Where else you? I mean, I believe that sports talk radio after uh, any weekend of Nebraska or Wisconsin. Oh, or just sort of Colorado football mm, of late. Mm, well, I don't it, know what you. I mean, well, you know, I uh, think I think I think at Kansas and I. I mean, at uh, Nebraska, you're talking about Kansas is Lance Leipold. That's what you're doing. You're, he won again. One again, they're undefeated. They're ranked. Uh, well, yeah, they're ranked, and they, again, they keep winning. And this one was a close one, but they win the game. And that guy has, it was a long time ago, early 2000s, ties to Nebraska. I mean, that's an easy slam dunk hire. But then again, Scott Frost was an easy slam dunk. Oh, Lance may say, you know what? I got something going here. You're still in Kansas, Lance. Uh, go to Nebraska. Well, because there is a real tradition with gobs of money, and moreover, they're in the Big Ten, not the Big 12. So I'll continue to take that money that the Big Ten is armed with compared to the Big 12, which is falling to pieces. And I have ties to Nebraska, cachet, all of that. I would do that. If I'm him, I'm leaving. Unless they just do something stupid at Kansas and throw ungodly amounts of money at me, which is possible. They could. Lance will give you 50% of the TV contract. <laughs> oh, it's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Warchant.com set to join us here in about five minutes. Let's get caught up really quick. Uh, as I have glossed over, I wasn't looking at the chat, so I didn't realize uh, that I had some woos to get to. Hi, Jinx. Understand how it works now. Laugh out loud. Does this team have the mentality of someone has to pay for our loss? That someone is NC State. Keep climbing, boys. Go Knowles. Well, we'll find out, right? I was talking about how intrigued I am to see how they go out and play. Now, sometimes you, you're, you're not able to overcome some of the problems you have at certain segment groups with injuries and the like, no matter your attitude. 
no matter your focus, no matter your anger and intensity, some of those things cannot be overcome. But it certainly helps to have that mentality. Robert writes, happy Monday, fellas. Fair to say, even with the hiccup that we're ahead of schedule at 4-1, and one, with Verse and Scott back, can we win four of seven games? If yes, who? Woo! Yeah, I, I, so we were describing the schedule a moment ago and where Florida State sits and, and you know, the reality. The uh, You get a reality check when you lose a football game. Everybody does. It's not unique to us. And uh, that, that loss at home in a winnable game, but certainly no embarrassment to lose that game, uh, means that you, you have to kind of recalibrate, just like you did when you won the first four games. When you won the first four games, including the LSU game and the road Louisville game, you thought, oh, well, now something more is possible because if you told me we were going to block an extra point to win a game and that we were going to win with our backup quarterback on the road where half the team got injured and we were trailing at half at a place where we don't play all that well, I would have said probably not. But we did win those games. And so we walked in on Saturday and thought, okay, having won those games, can we get to nine or ten wins? Uh, that might have been, in, in some ways, an overreaction, but I don't think so. I think it's fair when you're 4-0 to start to wonder just how far you, you know, what heights you can reach. I mean, after all, you're just kicking it around. It's what sports fans do. It's what we all do. We start to consider different possibilities in the wake of uh, evidence that suggests something's different. Now, I also wondered, and we did this last week, when would you begin to really feel the effects of the injuries that you've suffered? I mean, winning the line of scrimmage on both sides is always the most important thing. And not having your very best defensive lineman in Fabian Lovett and having to overcome that loss every week, well, it's one thing to overcome it against Boston College in a game that you absolutely just overwhelm their line of scrimmage defensively and get out to a big lead early on. Um, it's 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 another thing also to overcome it in a shootout, 35-31 on the road. But when you're facing a team that is as veteran-laden and well-coached as Wake and can take advantage of both Verse not being 100% healthy. Now, he had an effect on the game, there's no doubt, but he's still not 100% healthy. Really, a lot of guys are banged up up front, period. And I think Wake took advantage of that. And then I've been saying for a while that I don't like our tackles. I understand the situation we find ourselves in. But with Scott out and having to start, Darius is, is not good. And then on the other side, Jazz, I don't think is very good and have said that a bunch. He's a guard. I think he's much better suited to play guard. He gets exposed to tackle. This was not a good game for him at all. You know, that's tough. That's How do you how do you overcome that uh, against good teams? Answers are, are sometimes that you can't. So when you go on the road against NC State that has a good defensive front and is veteran-laden, we don't play well up there, it's at night, you know how that place is. I mean, we've had good teams go up there, really good teams go up there and look terrible. State fair, man. Hate it. So would you predict Florida State to go win that game? Just win it. Not cover, win it. Probably not. Probably not. As I sit here today, probably not. Um, and then what does that do if it happens? What does that do to the psyche of this team hosting Clemson the following week, who's also, by the way, very much equipped to come in here and win a football game given what their front is against this offensive line? Now, having said that, I circle back and remind you that I thought 
if you're four and three with a game against Georgia Tech after that, and we've seen Miami not play well at all this year, and then you look at Syracuse, you're going to have to get healthy for, to, to go win that game. They're ranked right now and playing good football, but that's a winnable game. And of course, you host Louisiana. So we're still talking about having everything in front of you, even if you have a fairly significant speed bump over the next, well, two games. First of those would have been Wake Forest, so three games in total. But you got to feel a little bit better about Clemson now that it's a night kick. That atmosphere, no matter what yeah, happens great, this weekend. Yeah, it'll be a great. No matter what happens at NC State, that's going to be nuts. It will be nuts. And you just hope that early on you're in it long enough to begin to believe and then feel that energy, that build that happens. You know, the onus is always on the team that's favorited to win, that the expectations are so much greater than yours, that, hey, look, Clemson wants to play for a college football championship. They want to play in the obviously in the playoff. They want to win the ACC. Florida State at that point is just fighting to get over the hump again, to to find a way to vanquish a rival whom we haven't beaten in some time and who is really, I think, the subject of great ire at this point for Florida State fans, right? And you'll feel all of that in a game like that. But, hey, we're way out ahead of ourselves coming off this loss. Let's see who they get back healthy and how well they play on the road. Warchant.com joins us every Monday. I'm excited about that. Want to talk to him. Hello, Ira. What's up, brother? I'm good, Jeff. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I, I began the show today, Ira, just kind of straightforward my thoughts on some things with this game that I, I wasn't mad. Um, it's just I think you're starting to see the effects of Florida State losing the line of scrimmage. And it's going to, you know, there are individual plays that are made in the game that can frustrate you. Yeah, it stinks that you don't have a kicker right now, and it changes the math for for a play caller. And there are a lot of little things, you know, some dumb penalties in big moments. But the truth is, I think that the two tackles are getting exposed right now on offense, and I think this team doesn't look right without Fabian Lovett. They don't have a depth of talent in the interior. And I think Wake Forest took advantage of that. What are your thoughts on where Florida State sits going into this two-game stretch against NC State and Clemson. Can they get a win in one of these two games as banged up as they are? Yeah, I mean, I think the line of scrimmage is definitely an issue. Just the, 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 the Not just one or two injuries, but just the fact they've had so many. And then some of the guys who are even playing, right. you know, are not, are not close to 100% either. And, yeah, I think that, that was a, a huge problem in that game. On the flip side, you, I think you could look at it and say, yeah, even with that, if you play a clean game without double-digit penalties and without turning the ball over – uh, and, and make make a couple plays where you're in position to make them. That's a game you you might probably should win. So um, I think from that standpoint, you say, man, if we play cleaner, we can play with these teams. And so you know, you go into this NC State game, and yeah, I mean, I think if you, if you see the offense play sharp the way they did in the first four games, and the way they did for the second half, and maybe even a couple of moments in the first half, then yeah, I think Florida State can definitely win this game against NC State. The challenge is, you know, I just you worry about the offensive line, uh, especially against their defensive line. Um, but you do have really good skill players, and you still have Jordan Travis, who I think is the guy we thought he was going into the last game. So I still think that the offense could do well. The the Clemson game was a game early in the season or before the season. I thought that was the game they'd more likely win. But look, if DJ is going to play decent, there very few teams are going to beat Clemson, and right now DJ is playing at least decent at quarterback and so that game to me i'd switch them right now i think florida state's got a better chance uh, of winning the nc state game just because i mean clemson is so talented and they're getting decent quarterback play i wonder it'll be interesting i my 
what I observed on Saturday was a couple of moments where Jordan Travis of yesteryear would have been able to make some plays with his legs. My assessment was that he was hesitant to, to do so. Do you agree with that? I, I thought a couple times he could have run and didn't. I'm not mad at him. I don't think he played terribly. He didn't have his A game, but he wasn't awful. But they haven't unleashed the legs yet. I know Corey asked that question today. But I thought there were a couple chances for him, and it seemed to me he was less mobile in this game than he was the week before. Yeah, I, I also wonder what you know what Wake was doing to kind of affect that. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that they were giving him a lot of attention, and I noticed there were at least a couple times where once he started to move, the linebackers started coming right away. Um, so I, I kind of get the impression maybe they were mirroring him a little bit, um, and also you know playing a little bit wider. To, to, to kind of keep him in the pocket. I think that was one of their plans was to try to keep him inside the pocket. And, and if he wants to run, okay, well, you're going to have to run with the big boys in the middle. And he just didn't seem to choose that. And there were a couple times, like you said, I think if he could have kept a couple of those RPOs, uh, they might he might have had a chance to make something happen. But um, I don't, you know, I just don't know that that is, I don't know that that's going to be a huge part of what they do. Um, but they might have to. If the offensive line can't play better than what they did this game, then yeah, that may have to be a bigger part of the game plan going into games, not just based on what the defense is doing, but maybe actually some more designed runs. If he can do it, if he's physically capable of doing it. I will say this, if there's something to continue to be excited about, because every week I see signs that there's another guy emerging, and this time it was Micah, they've got a good, they got a legitimately good receiving core right now. And, and and those guys play well most weeks, and it's good to see that it, sometimes it's a different guy. But, you know, they got a lot of guys playing consistently well at wide receiver. They didn't have that last year when they suffered adversity. Now they have that, and maybe they're able to overcome some of the weaknesses with that if they can keep Jordan upright, obviously. Yeah, and maybe it's getting the ball out of Jordan's hands even quicker quicker. Um, because you're right. I mean, I think the, your running backs and your receivers are, are the you know a, a really talented group overall. And the running backs didn't get a ton of at bats in that game, but it was also a weird game. It was only ten possessions. Uh, you know, the time possession was so out of whack with Wake Forest in their long drives. So you know, sometimes like a lot of people ask, why didn't Trey Benson get more carries? Well, I mean, again, they just didn't have a lot of at bats. And Trayshawn Ward ran the ball well when he was in there. And then you know, you get behind twenty-eight-seven, you have to start throwing it a lot. So um, you know, that to me, that game was a game where it kind of got out of control on them. In the first half, Wake kind of dictated terms, and Florida State never could kind of get out of it. Um, I think the offense is going to look better against NC State, even though we think NC State might have better defense on paper. I think the offense is better than what it looked on Saturday. Yeah, I I, I said uh, last hour that the sequence of punt, punt, fumble, punt, miss field goal was the end of the game. I mean, when you do that in the first half after your opening drive, your next six possessions, punt, punt, fumble, punt, miss field goal, five possessions. Um, A lot of it was self-inflicted. Yeah. Yeah, they got – and I just think you can't continue to lose on first down and put yourself in third and long. You look at the third down conversion rates for both teams, and you see Waco 10 of 18 and 3 of 3 on fourth down. A lot of those were all manageable. Because they were in third and three, or third and six, or I mean third and four, or you know things like that. Whereas Florida State would lose first down, or they commit a stupid penalty, and the next thing you know, you're behind the chains, and it upsets everything that you want to do. There is no answer at kicker. I continue to get asked about this. Mike continues to get asked about this. There really isn't an answer, though. I I want somebody other than me to say that they can't do anything about that until they bring in a new kicker, right? Uh, you wouldn't think so, unless they can find somebody on campus. 
um, because, you know, again, you know, they do have a walk-on who practices every week, and it, it's not like it's been where you'd say, okay, that guy has to be out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, they're, I think they're still trying to figure out a way for Ryan to come out of this. Um, but at it, some point, my concern is if he doesn't make a field goal this week at NC State, if they give him chances at NC State and it doesn't go well, I don't think you can trot him back out there in front of the crowd against Clemson. And the other problem you're going to have here is at some point, the other players are going to get resentful. I mean, I think this is a team that's very together, and I think they're playing for each other and they support each other. But at some point, if you keep putting him out there and he can't do the job you're putting him out there for, that's going to create issues in your locker room. So I just think that they, it, it, this is a big week. If he gets opportunities, he's got to convert. If he doesn't, then I think you have to – if it's the walk-on or if it's let you know just decide you know what we're going for two every time johnny wilson's our new extra point guy we're just gonna throw a phase every time we score a touchdown whatever it is um they're gonna have to do something uh i don't think you can throw him back out there against clemson at home you know what sucks is just hearing you say that he has to go out and make a field goal on the road at night in raleigh in a big game gives me like the butterflies i'm feeling sick i can't imagine how he feels <laughs> like can you imagine like i, I kind of got to make this one or my career's over i mean good lord that doesn't that doesn't bode well hey brother i'll talk to you tomorrow good to talk to you thanks see you man yeah that's uh irish fell or chant.com yeah like honestly how good are we feeling trotting him out there saturday night seven to seven from 38 yards, you think that's going through? Uh, I think we need to cast lots about who watches the kick and the watch-along, if that's the case. One of us is allowed to not watch. Well, I'm going to watch it. Oh, good. Then I won't. I will volunteer to watch it. Okay. I will look at you on the screen. I'll watch the car <laughs> crash. I can do it. I um. I won't, be, it- I won't be happy about it. I won't revel in it, but... I just want to see a smile on your face. I want you to go, okay. That's what that's what I want to see. Well, in truth, and I say this all the time on the show, that when you get older and you have perspective and say you get married and have kids the way I have, you you end up rooting for everybody just about as long as they're not world-class a-holes. You root for everybody to do well, especially if they play for your team. I don't want this kid's career to end with you know, a series of missed kicks and never to be heard from again. No, that's I, true. I would prefer he make some kicks, but I'm also a realist and I'm also blunt. And so I'm going to tell you, you know, exactly what I think when he misses the next one. But 10, 15 years ago on this year program, it would be uncomfortable when we talked about the kicker. Yes. And, and now you've gotten better. But I think it's self-evident. This is so bad that now there's not a debate. I used to d- debate certain aspects of the team where there was room for, perhaps, even if I thought you were wrong, there was room for a retort. Ain't nobody going to defend that kid right now. He sucks. There's nothing to say good about what he's trying to do as a kicker. It's awful. doesn't mean I hate him personally, and it doesn't mean I'm not rooting for him. I am. But, I mean, what he is right now as a kicker is broken, completely broken. And when you see that, it's uncomfortable. I don't. You know, it's one thing to miss some kicks. You know, you just you yank one left or something in a big moment. We're like, ah, oh, sucks. I wish you would have made that. Happens. To see the way he now, he, his form is completely shot. He doesn't look like a college kicker. He doesn't look like a guy who's ever kicked a football. Right. And that's in the 60 minutes of the game because he can do it, but then, you know, it actually counts. Yeah. And that look. 
I mean, that, that little it's half. Steven Matz on the mound in City Field, brother. That little half follow-through thingy from 29 was like, what are we, what the hell is that? Chris Bassett had that look in his eyes last night. <laughs> Added to your weekend of joy. Goodness gracious. I mean, it was, um, I should have bet the, what would you call it, an exacta, yeah. you know, horse racing fans yeah, you out there. Yeah. Against every one of my teams this weekend and parlayed it together. I'd at least be rich today. Flash what I missed there, guys. I, I just went back to the chat. I realized some of you guys had posted some things. Did I miss one? No? I'm good? I think we're caught up. Okay. <laughs> Go back and find what I'm talking about, Tom. I want you to see that kick. You're going to be like, oh, it really is like that commercial. It's it's like there's that's not even a kicking motion. I don't know what he's doing. It's it's. Yeah, he's me. Um, when I was in middle school, we had a little golf league. Like I it was a little one with these five, six middle schools that were private in Clearwater, and we play at the air park off of Hercules. There was mm-hmm. this old, you know, Clearwater Air Park, and the second hole runs parallel to the runway, and from the tee box, I mean, the tee box ends with a fence that mm-hmm. goes into the this little commuter airport. And every time I stepped on that tee, I knew it. I'm sure if somebody played with me more than one round, like, they knew it. Going, this is going OB. It's going, <laughs> it's yeah. going onto the runway. Mm-hmm. And I tried driver, four iron, Everything. seven iron. Yeah, It's going on the runway. And my, that's, that's that kid kicking right now. My buddy Kobe, who I, I've told you about before, uh, played golf in high school just like you did. And he played in Nebraska. And he said there was this one like red shed that was OB off the first tee at this one course that they played. And he said... And, and he was good. He was a good golfer. He's like, I hit that shed all four years, and it was no chance I couldn't. It's on hole number one, and I knew I was going to OB on number one, and everybody else in the group did too, and sure as hell, straight into the shed every time. <laughs> That's the worst feeling in the world. You're just like, I got zero chance to hit this ball straight. You might as well just happy Gilmore, run up and hit it as hard as you can. Right. Just do whatever you can. Lefty. Yeah, you know? anything you can. Oh, boy. By the way, trying to keep it together during the heavy season can be very, very difficult. Heavy season calls on you. Stressful moments like a Fitzgerald kick. Things like that may drive you to drink. But you can offset a rough weekend getting your butt back in the gym on Monday. Orange Theory Fitness, that's where you want to go. The first class is always free. Go find out what so many millions of others have figured out. Hold yourself accountable. First month is also free with the purchase of a heart rate monitor, so you're really saving here. And, uh, again, those coaches are the best in the business, and you'll see the science behind it all, and you'll go, oh, yeah, this works. This works for me. Orange Theory Fitness, two locations in town, one in Midtown, one on the north side out there by uh, Fresh Market. It's Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Bang, bang, bang. 
couple things, Tom, that were uh, fairly predictable. Remember we were talking about it last week, the whole if something looks like a duck and walks like a duck? Yeah, they fired that guy for the Dolphins. That, that didn't take long. The old T.O., huh? I mean, that was nuts. Like, sometimes even because we both said, well, you know, I don't think the coach would purposely throw a guy out there who no, thinks he's, he's going to help him win over the course of a season. No, he's going to be medically cleared if, if you're going to play him on a short week. It's just, you know, how did they arrive to the point where he's medically cleared? What I don't understand, though, in going back to that, is that if me and you or any other football fan or football player or anything else could see that their quarterback was concussed last week, say you're the coach. You're McDaniel, and you, you go into the office, and they the doctor walks in and gives you the shocking news that he's good to go. <laughs> You're like, look, man, I don't need you to be James Woods from any given Sunday. I mean, yeah. Shoot me straight here. I mean, is he okay? I mean, we got a lot of games, 17-game season, short week. I saw him just fall down while trying to walk. It doesn't seem like that's a back injury. What's the story? We just won this game, so we've got a freebie if yeah, we need it. Yeah, if we need it. I, I mean, it's okay. I just need to know. No, no, he's good, coach. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, no, that's the thing I thought as I watched it over and over. I'm like, what? So are you like a doctor doctor or are you like yeah. Dr. Phil? Did you just make you know? this up? What are yeah. we doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, was, it was sort of strange. By the way, I wanted to just give you this because I love it when players do this. They don't do it. But when they do, I want to give them credit because the Jeff Cameron Show PR firm was born out of this. Naheem Hines was asked yesterday, the Colts running back, the backup. He was asked yesterday about the Colts' rough start to the season. And he said, look, I don't want to make excuses, but every year we have a new quarterback here, all right? So each year we have growing pains while we sit here and watch Tennessee, which has had Tannehill, what, my whole career? And each year we're restarting. We have to turn the page, start over with some new dude. So that sucks a little bit. Those teams we play, they've had a quarterback four or five years at a time, not us. Every year, new guy. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Where can I get his jersey? Bravo, sir. Naheem's not having it. Look, I don't want to make excuses, but every year we have a new quarterback. That's just cool. <laughs> like that's that's true. You do. That's true. Yeah. Meanwhile, Tennessee over here running out the same guy over every year. He's not great, but they know what he is. <laughs> they know what he's gonna do. Yeah. That is that is an awesome quote. There it, it is. The rector's got it too. Yeah. Each year we're restarting, we have to turn the page. That's so good. Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Is that every one of them? Since 2019, yeah. And Andrew Luck in 2018. But I mean, know. think about that. Yeah, that's that's a toughie every freaking year. Brian Hoyer. <laughs> he played for like five minutes yesterday. Five minutes, got concussed, and then that zappy kid came in there, or whatever his name was. Old Zippy got out there throwing it around a lot. Good for him. Oh, <laughs> uh, I oh, was please let him be a good quarterback for ten great? years. Yeah, just call him old Zippy. <laughs> when that. I saw him trot onto the field, I was like, "Who the hell is this dude?" I miss Angry Philip Rivers as a character on the show. So, old Zippy, come uh, on, Zippy. What is his name? Do you know? He went in and it might be Zappy. I think it's Zappy. I don't know what his name is, but old Zappy got out there and after looking terrible to start the game, got it together. Hey, he looked better than Baker Mayfield. Well, yeah, it's Bailey Zappy. Like if that name came up in NCAA in the recruiting thing, 
You know, when you're building the you're dynasty, like, I'm, I'm I have him. to go get. That I gotta game. go get I me want Zappy. Zappy. Zappy settled in. I watched that game very intently, given I had the Packers on the money line and we were going to overtime. While Zappy's out here yep. swinging it about, it probably hurt your feelings when Dobbs dropped that uh, oh, perfect dime. Yeah. Oh, you think? Yeah. I mean, it's right there. He's a good player, though. I know. They've, they've oh, they discovered onto one. something there. Yeah. yeah. Well, they always do because the quarterback's real good. That guy's good, though. For being as oh, no, diminutive he, as he is, he's got great body control skills. Yes, he does. Need him to hold the ball through the catch. It's right there, my man. What are we doing? I had my hands up like that, and there it was. No, but alas. Could have used the products at Tallulah to get me to calm oh. down. Could have settled in. Professional tees, kids, don't do that at the house. That's a beautiful lead-in. Three different locations in town. Delta 8, Delta 9, Delta 10, THC, CBD, you name it. It's all there. Good times to be had, medicinal or otherwise. A lot of products. A lot of good juice, too, by the way. Old Zippy would go there. <laughs> hey, look, the Zippy's in there. Here we go, Bailey. Probables. Cue it up. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? <laughs> Royals, Guardians, nobody cares. Zach Greinke, Tristan McKenzie. Cardinals, Pirates, nobody cares. TBD, Mitch Keller. Pirates won uh, yesterday against the Cardinals, and old Pools hit number 702. That's awesome. It is awesome. You guys are what, 58 wins, 59 wins? Now? We are at 60 wins, sir. What was the ticket preseason? 61 oh, and a half? I'm not going to get there. Oh, okay. I'm not going to get there. Uh, I think it was 62, 63. Oh. Well, I, I guess the theory will... Cubs, Reds, Hayden, Wisniewski, and Hunter Green. Braves, Marlins. Got a root for Jesus Lizardo today against the Marlins, uh, or for the Marlins. Bryce Elder will go for the Braves. Blue Jays, Orioles, Jose Barrios, Dean Creamer. Yankees, Rangers, Luis Severino, Martin Perez, Nats, Mets, Corey Abbott, Carlos Carrasco. Whatever. Yeah, you guys are not winning the division, right? That's playing the Padres this weekend. That's what we're doing. That's what you're doing. Raise Red Sox, Tyler Glasnow, and Rich Hill. D-backs, Brewers, Tommy Henry, Brandon Woodruff, Phillies, Astros, Aaron Nola, Lance McCullers Jr. What's your story? Tell he's going to be all right? Magic number of one. Twins, White Sox, Bailey over Johnny Cueto, Angels, A's, Patrick Sandoval, Adrian Martinez, Tigers, Mariners, Brian Garcia, George Kirby, Giants, Padres, John Brebia, and Joe Musgrove. And finally, Rockies, Dodgers, Jose Urena and Tony Gonsolin. That is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Maybe Tallulah can sponsor in the Coop with Robert Cooper and have That's some tonight. 7.30 p.m. here on Warchant TV. But healing powers. You know, maybe they got some special Gotta healing get, powers. Well, they do. They do have a lot of things that heal over there. Uh, I also want to wish Jacob, if you're listening, I hope you are. I don't know if you are, but uh, he's it, it's his 13th birthday. He's a big fan of the show, and he Woo! just turned 13. Uh, yesterday, I believe he just turned 13, and so I got a note passed on to me that Jacob would be listening, and I wanted to wish him a happy birthday. So happy birthday, happy 13th birthday to uh, to Jacob. That's a big one. Yeah, I'm, I, my youngest is 12. I can't wait till he's 13. I'm done with 12. I'm done with 12-year-olds. Uh, well, if he has a growth spurt at 13 like he did at 12, he's going to be uh, yeah, he'll be you know, tall. He'll, he'll be, be tall. a four or a five in Leonard Hamilton's uh, offense. <laughs> Bryce has uh, graduated from the annoying stage of 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Clark is in the 
middle stages, the annoying middle stages of uh, of middle school, which is God. I, I just forgot. Just you parents out there know what I'm talking about, especially with boys, just knuckleheads. But man, seventh grade is a tough grade. I won't say which uh, service it is, but their social media cracks me up, man. They're funny. Your boys. Oh, yeah. they're funny. Yeah, yeah. Good work out of you. Good work, Matthew. Be well, everybody. Thanks so much for watching. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. In the coop tonight at 730. Watch it. It's good.